0: Find us here, moving iron.
1: Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast, number 339. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast, I got Andy Cajun Junkin here with me from uh, Stubborn Farm, Stubborn.farm, sorry. And he's uh, been doing his thing, man. How you been, Andy?
2: If I was any fire, I'd be, I'd be illegal.
1: <laughs> I, know, I know the feeling, so... <laughs> Andy, you've been out and about doing your your various workshops and and talking about some stuff and and you you yeah. brought up a good topic here today. Uh, I think that is one of those ones that in any industry in any industry no matter what it is, farming or anything else, yeah. The uh the narcissistic traits that come out in people, especially um people that are at the top um on the uh, on the management side of things and and yeah. and approaching that. So, I guess talk a little bit about that and and how are you approaching this? this topic here with guys
2: well last last year i read 37 books on the topic and kind of became a self for uh, uh um gained a lot of expertise as a result of it because i see a lot of farm families fall apart uh related to succession planning when somebody's just concerned about their own needs um, my first book was actually called farm uh, farm succession shouldn't be done in the funeral home uh, so there was actually one father that um i got called out to talk to his attitude was well um when I'm dead, they can fight over my estate. I'm going to be gone. Why do I care? Right? So, getting him to shift his mindset from just being concerned about his own needs, mm-hmm. think about I mean, what's the sense of a man spending his life building up a farm if the only thing that's left of his legacy is a gravestone that looks really nice about 30 years down the road? Yeah, you know, you got to shift your mindset from me to we, you know, you got to be concerned about not just what the, the here and now, what I got to get done through at the end of the day, but, you know, what's my legacy going to be 30 years after I'm gone? Right. And that starts with um, being concerned about the needs of others. And, you know, I think the thing about farming is that um, that's different from this generation, as I've spoken about in the past, is the difference between our, our generation of farming as opposed to 50 years ago. 50 years ago, you could be Clint Eastwood, right? You could be... Uh, Stubborn SOB, right? And where it's just, uh, you're concerned about your own needs. But the thing is that, you know, what's different about our generation as opposed to 50 years ago is is basically modern health sciences has been a game changer. And uh, back in the 60s, when dad was 60, he would retire because his hips were shot. Um, nowadays, when dad's got bad hips, he goes in for hip surgery, he's farming to his 80s or 90s. Mm-hmm. And so we got four, three, four generations farming together. We also have three, four siblings or cousins farming together because it doesn't make sense every 25 years to be splitting up the capital. So right. instead of there being one owner of the farm, you've got multiple shareholders. And the thing is, is, in that in that environment, being a narcissist, if you have three, four partners that are narcissistic, it's just going to lead to, to uh, dysfunctional business decisions where basically everybody's butting heads and pulling the farm in different directions and decisions are not getting made or not getting made adequately. More importantly, it's just going to cause so many headaches that, um, you, you just don't want to work there. Right. So we got to shift the mindset of the family farm from me to we, and so you know, I, I've been working with a lot of stubborn farm families for the last fifteen years, and really developed a lot of expertise in narcissism because that is the elephant in the room on a lot of operations. And so, how do you rewire the brain? Set, uh, brain um, uh, the mindset of a farmer that's really really just focus on what he has to get done for the day and get through the uh, through his uh, needs and how do you how do you get the, him to be concerned about the needs of others and think a big picture about the long term of the success of the farm
1: right on. Um, so how, how do you go about doing that I mean that's that's a huge coaching thing what you just laid out there sounds easy but there's a there's a big monumental task involved with well,
2: that. I, I think I think first of all I want to just quickly cover the fact that um, farming has actually been shown that there was a scientific study but with Walden University uh, by a guy named Steve Murdoch and back in 2017 and he actually identified that farmers and, and lawyers are actually the highest degree of narcissist and and um, and that 's because when you're a lawyer, you use your words to shape your environment around you. when you 're a farmer, you basically are the boss and you 're telling people what to do. and when your employee you say jump, your employees say, oh, how high' Uh, when people come onto your farm to sell you equipment, they're going to tell you what you want to hear, not what you need to hear. And even, you know, sons and daughters that are 25, they come home from college. Um, their moms are bringing them fe- um, meals to the field based on their schedule. Right. right. And it's a real easy environment on the family farm uh, where you become king of the kingdom. And it's really easy environment for um, that nurtures a narcissistic mindset. And so, I mean, I don't, I mean, when you're an alcoholic, I mean, a lot of uh, feed salesmen, they become alcoholics because, um, you know, they're always drinking with clients, always entertaining clients and, you know, they become that uh, as a result of their job, it's an occupational hazard for them by the time they're in the fifties become uh, alcoholics. Well, the same thing with uh, uh, farmers. I mean, if you're, you're the boss, you're the running the show, it's really easy for you to be falling in the trap of a narcissistic mindset. I know myself, when I was a farmer with my dad, I was a narcissist. I'm embarrassed to say that. I feel like I'm. you're seeing me in my underwear, um, but the, um, I just want to show that I'm actually wearing pants today. But anyways, <laughs> the thing is is <laughs> I'm not one of those guys who wears underwear when he's on a Zoom call. But the thing is I, I want. I, I feel really embarrassed to say that I was a narcissist, um, but I spent a lot of time try, uh, gaining wisdom Um, both by helping farmers, I became more self-aware of my, my own, um, inadequacies. And, you know, it's, I mean, the thing about narcissist is, um, I remember 10 years ago when I was doing a mediation, um, there was several times we staged kind of an intervention. I'm kind of embarrassed to say that where basically one family member, it was, it was, they were narcissistic to the point it was toxic to the family relationships or toxic to succession planning. And you know we'd have situations where family members be calling um, their fathers or their 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 sons uh, narcissistic, and some quite often it was often the pot calling the kettle black. And um, you know I did the same thing with my dad. I called him narcissistic, and I I probably was equally as guilty. I hate to admit that, um, but it's true. And so I think the thing is is that instead of categorizing somebody, reading like a survey and, and saying, okay, my partner has 14 out of 16 of narcissistic traits. I think what we need to do is identify what are narcissistic traits and, and what's the opposite of that. And just so that you know, like um, my, my three-year-old, his name is Samuel Colt and um, he's a great kid, but he's also a narcissist. And that's because it's all about him. And, and, you know, hopefully over the next 10 years, we'll be able to shape his world. So he's thinking about the needs of those around us. But as I said, as we get in, uh, into being in business um, and being the boss, we get in shaped into a world where we're just concerned about what we have to get done for the day and our own needs. And we, manip- we tend to manipulate people around us and manipulate the environment as businessmen uh, to suit our needs. And it's really easy to fall into that narcissistic mindset. So I think what we got to do is uh, I'm I'm going to list off 10 traits of what are the opposite of a narcissist. Okay. And, and what I want to do is just have, there's probably one or two things that the listeners can probably say, oh, my wife accused me of that. Like something like being envious of others. Mm. Right. My, um, I mean, so maybe for a, um, for a farmer, to instead of labeling his partners being narcissistic, what would happen if you looked at every, every month or every quarter and identify one narcissistic trait and then try to turn that from a personal weakness into a strength? Even if you think that you may not have that, that deficiency that bad, why not see farming as a challenge to become a better person instead of telling your partners how they could be a better person?
1: Right.
2: Right. So I'm going to list off the 10, uh, 10 narcissistic traits and I want everybody to listen to it and maybe just identify one thing that you may be a little bit of guilty on. Okay. And then, um, and then we'll talk about the, how you can actually turn that from weakness into the strength. So the first is never be arrogant and be respectful to everyone. I mean, that's a good trait for anybody to adapt, right? Sure.
1: Yeah.
2: You don't have to be a narcissist to, to adapt that trait. It's you never that. Yeah. Ne- never believe yourself to be superior or that important. Never need praise. You know when you've done a good job and you don't need a rec- uh, recognition for it. Do you know how many farmers that are in their 20s that live and die based on what their dad says? You know how many farmers? How many how many young farmers I've had that have quit farming because they needed recognition from their parents for what they've done and how that caused their whole lives to implode, how they treated their their spouses like crap because their dad said negative words to them all the time, you know, because they're fragile narcissists, right? Because of that simple trait itself, needing recognition, right? I mean, if a person stops needing recognition and, and knows when they've done a good job it can fundamentally change your, the, the color of the sky in your world. Mm-hmm. Um, the fourth thing is never feel entitled to any, anything or anyone's respect. Earn it daily. Number five, be humble and never have a bloated sense of accomplishment. Number six, be empathetic and understanding, sharing the feeling of others. Number seven, never envy others or believe anyone envies you. How many times are we concerned about what the neighbors think about us? Yeah. I mean, how many times does that cause us to make bad decisions? Because we're concerned about what the neighbors think. We're buying a nice truck when we could be driving a used truck. Because we're concerned about putting on a big show for the neighbors. How many farms get imploded because of that? Number, Number eight, never disrespect rules or personal boundaries. How many farmers are walking into their son's or their daughter's house without ringing the doorbell because they own the, the farmhouse, right? They, they feel the, the no need to ring the doorbell in order to go get a glass of milk out of the fridge, right? How many, how many, how many, how many, uh, how many spouses really get offended by parents walking in unannounced? It's it's really high because there's no personal boundaries. And how many how many daughter in laws go from being on a pedestal? to falling off a pedestal when they speak up about pers- setting personal boundaries. Number nine, taking ad- never t- stop taking advantage of others. Be respectful of the value of other people's time or assets. And number 10, be grateful for the little wins and appreciate everyone's contribution. So the thing is, Casey, within those 10 things, everybody that's listening probably could identify two or three that if they really were truthful with themselves, they're guilty of. Sure. Yeah. I, I myself have a couple of things here. I got to work. Oh yeah. There's a few things on that. But list. the thing is, is that what I'm saying to the listeners is that if, if, if you can have a, uh, just make a change yourself, maybe make a uh, share this video with your partners and, or share this podcast with your partners and everybody takes us on as a, as a, as maybe the family identifies one bad habit we have. We might be not respectful of boundaries. Uh, We might not appreciate one another, right? And make a pact as a family. Hey, we all share this narcissistic trait. Why don't we all work on that for the next three months? And make a a pact to try to make turn that from weakness to strength. If you adapted that every 90 days and held each other's feet to the fire to actually stick into that trait. So, you know, being something like um, being empathetic. If your partners knew what empathy was because, I mean, they heard... Of the 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 quality be empathetic and understanding of the uh, sharing the feel, feelings and concerns of others. Um, if you kept on using the word empathetic and held each other's feet to the fire to actually turn that from weakness to strength over 90 days, how much different would a lot of operations be? And if you adapted four changes over, I mean, you did that every 90 days, took on a new value out of those 10 values, that'd be four changes to how your family works together. How much different would the operation be in a year's time? right? Yep. That's how you turn weak, uh, narcissism from weakness to strength. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and I've, I've studied a lot of books. If you go online, if you go online, just go to Udemy just for, for giggles and you'll see, um, all these so-called psychologists, um, they all suggest one solution to a narcissist. And that one solution is to leave your narcissistic partner. And I did that I live a thousand miles away from my hometown of Bob Cage in Ontario, Canada. I live in Iowa now. And I can tell you that, that, and my parents got divorced because my mom claimed my dad dad was a narcissist, and he was. She was too, though. And the thing is, is that, you know, divorce is a short term solution to a long term problem. Both my parents are not happy because they got divorced, right? That has not made our family any better. Um, You know, I don't accept. The, the solution that the uh, psychology uh, profession has for narcissism as the simple solution to divorce, that's never going to make anybody happy. But the thing is, is instead of pointing blaming each other and calling each other names, if we can see this is a challenge to become a better person for all of us, it can be a game changer to both the success of the farm and also the success of the family and the success of the individual. Yep so
1: some of the folks that you've worked with there you, you before you came on the call here you you had a uh, a group that you're working with and you kind of sound like you outlined a little bit of what those 10 traits that you're talked about that all three of the people in that group may have had more than more than half of those traits in their their mix
2: um yeah they're uh, basically it was um it's it's kind of funny you said that um yeah i mean that that i mean basically for them they're they're going to um there's there's basically five partners in 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 the partnership, and they don't uh the, the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing nobody has respect for one another uh they're not empathetic for each other's needs they really couldn't care if um you know how the other person feels they're just concerned about themselves, and they all recognized how toxic that is and and I just got off the first call with them. But we just adapted. I'll, I'll just list it to you. The, here, here's the three things that we we identified as, as core family values. And I, that is nobody smarter than the other guy. We're going to make smarter decisions together. The right hand doesn't know what the left uh, knows what the left hand's doing and thinking. You're going to say what you do and then do what you say. And no no blaming or belittling or complaining. We're going to solve problems and constructively pro uh, and proactively. Uh, uh, Solve problems uh, constructively and proactively together as a team. Now, those partners agreed to write those all out every morning, and by them actually writing it out instead of us just having a meeting and then everybody forgetting them about what they said next Tuesday, by them actually writing that out every day for the next ninety days, uh, they're gonna it's gonna get in the back of their heads, right, right? right? And and then basically as they quit work at the end of the day, they have to give themselves a, a score on a uh, score A to F. So, for instance, uh, no blaming, belittling, or complaining, which is all narcissistic qualities. If they actually score themselves, okay, how did I actually, when they put the work boots on in the morning, they set that as a goal. Today, I'm not going to belittle my, 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 my son. I'm not going to belittle my dad. If, if they actually, when they put the work boots on, if they write that out, it might take five minutes extra for them um, when they're sitting down to put on the work boots. But if that results in them being a better partner to work with, how much more work are they going to get done in the course of the 10 hours after? And more importantly, I mean, the, the scientific studies have shown by you actually writing out your goals and then grading yourself at the end of the day as to how you did on your, uh, your goals of how you want to become a better person, you're 10 times more likely to get your, the, the results you want in 10 years' time. Yeah. What the hell's the sense that you put on your work boots in the morning to go work in ten hours, if your family is not going to be farming in ten years time because you're jerks to each other, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. I mean, I yeah. mean, we we are we don't inherit teacups or china uh, and tractors from grandma. We inherit bad habits. You're actually in the environment where you were born raised for you to get. I mean, you. You developed a lot of good habits as a result of your your family, but you also developed a lot of bad habits. Yeah. And a good chunk of those habits are related to narcissism. And if you, as a farmer, can write out your goals every morning as to what's one thing that I, I mean, generally three, what are three things that I want to turn from weakness to strength, right? I'm going to, today, I'm not going to blame. I'm not going to belittle. I'm not going to complain. I'm going to solve problems constructively and proactively together as a team. If you have a farmer write that out every morning, do that for 90 days. And then when he comes in the house at night to take off his work boots, if he gives himself a D because he was belittling his little brother without even thinking about it, he's going to reflect on that when he goes in the house to have a shower mm-hmm. and he's going to approach things differently tomorrow. Yep. And, you know, when I, was a, when I was a kid, you know, 98% of decisions made on the farmer are emotional. That's just a scientifically proven fact. Uh, 98% of decisions are emotional, not rational. And I've seen a lot of smart men do really stupid things because they're really sharp sharp when it comes to intellectual acumen, but when it comes to their emotional intelligence, they're just idiots, right? And that's because it's really easy to, to get wrapped up in what you have to get done and just be concerned about your short-term goals, what you got to get done throughout the day and not care about how... uh, the motivation or the needs of other people around you. And the thing is, is that when you're taking off, when you're putting on your work boots and you're taking them off and you're giving yourself a grade, uh, A to F, how I did, it's like putting a bridle on your horse. See, the thing is, is that um, what we want to do is, is get farmers to start making decisions based on rational behavior instead of emotional behavior. And see when I was a kid, I used to ride a horse in my grandpa's pasture field. Um, it was a big Clydesdale and I was about a hundred pounds wet. And I jump on that Clydesdale in the pasture field and that, that horse wouldn't buck me off, but it would go wherever it wanted to go. Right. It wasn't until I put the bridle on that horse that that horse would go where I wanted it to go. Oh. And that horse and that analogy represents emotions because your emotions are 10 times more powerful than your rational behavior. And then, that hundred pound farm boy, um, you know that re- represents your rational behavior. And so the thing is, if you put on your work boots every morning, I mean, what's that take you? Two minutes to do that. If you put spend an extra five minutes writing a, a one simple line like "no blaming, belittling, or complaining," and then as you take off your work boots at night, ask yourself, "How did I do today on that?" That is going to be like putting a bridle on a horse and changing your behavior so that your emotions aren't controlling you, you're controlling your emotions. And the thing is, is that farming is emotional. Farming is emotional. And if if you can get your family, not just yourself, but all your family members making decisions based on rational behavior rather than... than and, and, and talking about making, acting like mature adults instead of my, my boy Samuel Colt, who's three years old, makes all his decisions based on emotion and his instant needs. Right, yeah. How much different is your farm going to be in, in a year's time? How, and more importantly, if you, can, if you can reduce the amount of temper tantrums on your farm by uh, to 10% of what it is today how much better is your farm going to be from a, a, a perspective of a place you want to work? And more importantly, how much better is it going to be and easier? Is it going to be for you guys to communicate and be able to make decisions based on rational behavior rather than emotions? Right.
1: Yeah. The, uh, the emotional thing is, is a thing. And I think I'll tell, I'll say this one last thing here as we kind of wrap it up here, but unlike I don't want to say that, owning a business something something outside of agriculture is not you know emotionally tied to you know people don't get emotionally tied to those things and make those same decisions yeah the, the difference between i think and when it comes to farming and ranching those kind of things is that there's also a lifestyle that comes along with that and that lifestyle is also a defining trait of the people that are that are doing those jobs you know uh do work in those farms and, things, and I, that's easy for someone to get wrapped up in that and then I've, you know, I'm as guilty as anybody else. When you start looking back at the accomplishments that you've made and how you've built something up from nothing, uh, it's sometimes you do get that maybe, uh, maybe I am kind of a big deal mentality and yeah. you, you can easily fall into that, to that, uh, that groove. if You're not careful.
2: Yeah. And I think we talk about entitlement, right. And we think about entitlement as far as like somebody coming home to the farm and just taking that for granted. I think it's equally that we just don't take the farm for granted. We take each other for granted. Right. Yeah. And the thing is that Casey, I'm polite with you, but I'm, I'm sure that, I mean, I treat my dad, I treated my dad like crap. I hate to say that, but I did. Right. And if he was us, he would say the same thing about how he treated me. But we were the nicest people in our hometowns. Right. And most like, I mean, university of Guelph, I, I was, Anyways, I, and the thing is, is that we're quite nice to 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 strangers, right? And and I think that's a, a most people are like that. Um, very few people are overly kind to their family and rude to to na- uh, strangers. It's it, you know too often we take each other for granted. Yep. And the thing is, is that the thing that matters most to you is a farm and your relationship with a family. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing is, is that instead of having an attitude of entitlement. We've got to have an attitude of humility and gratitude. And I would suggest in addition, to, um, in addition to writing out your goals for how you want a couple of character traits you want to turn from weaknesses to strengths, there'll be two things you also write down on that sheet of paper. And that one, one thing you do, you write down is what's one thing I did today that my partners were not expecting me to do that was nice for them when they got out of bed in the morning that they were not expecting. Yeah. Now I'm not asking you to, to give your, 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 your siblings a piece of pie. Um, but you know, I had a, I had a farmer and he was about, he had actually had the for sale sign out on his front lawn of his farm, uh, when I showed up and about three weeks later, he said to me, you know, my son walked across a yard and he actually helped me hook up a wagon. He said six weeks ago, he would have never done that. And something simple like that, like the, the son was actually, what we had him doing was actually looking for opportunities to help his dad out, not just be concerned about his own needs for the day. Yep. When you start doing kind things like that for each other, actually have to write that down at the end of the day will actually cause you to actually start looking for opportunities to be kind to one another. Yep. And, and, I mean, it just crea- I mean, whether or not your partner chooses to reciprocate those, th- those things or not, doesn't matter. I mean, the golden rule, regardless of what religion you're in, is do unto others as that you would have them do unto you, not as they do unto you. Mm-hmm. And if you can actually choose to become a better person, to try to be kind by turning a bad character trait to a good trait, but also be looking for opportunities to be kind to others, right? Especially to our family members who we often take for granted, um, it's going to be a game changer, um, to, to where, where your family's going to be in 30 years time. More importantly, where are you even going to be in 30 days time?
1: Yeah. So, uh, uh kind of one thing I'll add to that, it was, and I think it's a good, a good check when you start thinking about how you're talking to people and how you're interacting with people is listen to a podcast the other day and I don't remember which one it was, but the guy said, um, His wife pulled him aside and said, "Um, if somebody else other than you talked to me the way you just talked to me, what would you do to him? You know what I mean? And he's like, "Ah, that's an amazing, amazing point. So I think, you know, it's the same thing. Like me and my brother go back and forth with each other all the time, especially when we were younger. But, you know, God helped the person that did it to my brother. You know, if I was, if I was, you know what I mean? So it's, it's a, it's an amazing uh, if you put it in that perspective and you think about it like that, if someone else said that same thing to whoever it is that you're talking to, what, what would your reaction be or what would your perception of that person be? That's a pretty good uh, litmus test as to whether or not you're uh, you're going down the right path or not.
2: Yeah. And I, I think the thing is that we get a lot of challenges thrown at us in farming. Um, but I, I look at farming as a challenge to become a better person every day. Yep. And if you have a family that all adapt that attitude instead of taking each other for granted and the farm for granted um, the probability of you guys having family Christmas together in 10 years time is 10 times better.
1: Yep. For sure. For sure. Yeah. All right, Andy, well, I think that's a good place to stop. Yep. Right here. So if folks want to reach out to you and get more information about the consulting that you do or the workshops that you do, what's the best way to do that, Andy?
2: I just go to stubborn.farm, www.stubborn.farm we do a workshop once a week, and this is actually a good chunk. Um, part of what we talk about, I mean, is, is um, basically I give away 10 simple, um, uh, they're counterintuitive, but they're practical ideas, just like we talked about uh, in our one-day workshop. Um, we don't ever charge for the workshop until after you've gone through the course and you felt you got real value for it. And uh, so you can find out about the workshop at www.stubbornupfarm.com. And um, I think that's a great way, a place for folks to get to know me. Right on. And I'll, I'll also send them a, a free copy of my book. Um, you know, if, if anybody wants to, to just get a free copy of my book, Bulletproofy Farm, I'll go to my website and sign up for it, and I'll send one to you in the mail for free.
1: Right on, man. And then you've read, you have write some other articles in uh, some other places. Where could they find some of your work at? Out there? A
2: progressive Dairyman has a lot, you know, and uh, I, I think that uh, that's a good, good place to start. Go to agproud.com you can look uh just put, put in junk and j-u-n-k-i-n you see up a lot of articles i actually wrote one on it called um are you farming with a uh toddler and it, it was about narcissistic traits and so you know yeah. i think that that might be uh, something uh, a lot of farmers have found interesting and uh you might as well
1: right on okay i'll check that out okay. well andy i appreciate you being the podcast man i always enjoy it when you come on yeah appreciate that
2: line you take care
1: Right on. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Go to LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast and check out the video version of this over on the YouTube channel, which is the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. Check it out there. Go to Moving Iron LLC for everything Moving Iron related. And if you're interested in attending the Moving Iron Summit coming up here in Nashville, Tennessee, September 11th through the 13th, hit me up at Moving Iron Podcast at MovingIronPodcast.com or just go over to the website and you can sign up there. Andy, where they where they can they find you on social media? at Stubborn.farm on all of them.
2: Stubborn.farm.com. I mean, as Stubborn.farm is is, is uh, where you start. I'm right not on. much of a social media kind of guy. Yeah, so.
1: me, me either.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> right on. <laughs> me either. No. Okay.
2: Right. You take
1: oh, care. Right on. I, uh, with, I'm Casey Seymour with Andy Junkins. Good smart folks. Out. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment.